Section 5 of My Inventions and Other Works of Nikola Tesla, Electrical Experimenter, February to October 1919. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Avai in December 2018. My Inventions, Part 5 the magnifying transmitter by nikola tesla this article was published in electrical experimenter june 1919 as i review the events of my past life i realize how subtle are the influences that shape our destinies an incident of my youth may serve to illustrate one winter's day i managed to climb a steep mountain in company with other boys the snow was quite deep, and a warm southerly wind made it just suitable for our purpose. We amused ourselves by throwing bowls, which would roll down a certain distance, gathering more or less snow, and we tried to outdo one another in this exciting sport. Suddenly a ball was seen to go beyond the limit, swelling to enormous proportions until it became as big as a house and plunged thundering into the valley below with a force that made the ground tremble. I looked on spellbound, incapable of understanding what had happened. For weeks afterward the picture of the avalanche was before my eyes, and I wondered how anything so small could grow to such an immense size. Ever since that time the magnification of feeble actions fascinated me, and when, years later, I took up the experimental study of mechanical and electrical resonance, I was keenly interested from the very start. Possibly, had it not been for that early powerful impression, I might not have followed up the little spark I obtained with my coil, and never developed my best invention, the true history of which I will tell here for the first time. Scrapping the World's Engines Lion hunters have often asked me which of my discoveries I prize most. This depends on the point of view. Not a few technical men, very able in their special departments, but dominated by a pedantic spirit and near-sighted, have asserted that excepting the induction motor I have given to the world little of practical use. This is a grievous mistake. A new idea must not be judged by its immediate results. My alternating system of power transmission came at a psychological moment, as a long-sought answer to pressing industrial questions, and although considerable resistance had to be overcome and opposing interests reconciled, as usual, the commercial introduction could not be long delayed. Now, compare this situation with that confronting my turbine, for example. One should think that so simple and beautiful an invention, possessing many features of an ideal motor, should be adopted at once, and, undoubtedly, it would under similar conditions. But the prospective effect of the rotating field was not to render worthless existing machinery. On the contrary, it was to give it additional value. The system lent itself to new enterprise as well as to improvement of the old. My turbine is an advance of a character entirely different. It is a radical departure in the sense that its success would mean the abandonment of the antiquated types of prime movers on which billions of dollars have been spent. 
under such circumstances the progress must needs be slow and perhaps the greatest impediment is encountered in the prejudicial opinions created in the minds of experts by organized opposition only the other day i had a disheartening experience when i met my friend and former assistant charles f scott now professor of electrical engineering at yale i had not seen him for a long time and was glad to have an opportunity for a little chat at my office our conversation naturally enough drifted on my turbine and i became heated to a high degree scott i exclaimed carried away by the vision of a glorious future my turbine will scrap all the heat engines in the world scott stroked his chin and looked away thoughtfully as though making a mental calculation that will make quite a pile of scrap he said and left without another word aladdin's lamp this and other inventions of mine however were nothing more than steps forward in certain directions in evolving them i simply followed the inborn instinct to improve the present devices without any special thought of our far more imperative necessities the magnifying transmitter was the product of labors extending through years having for their chief object the solution of problems which are infinitely more important to mankind than mere industrial development if my memory serves me right it was in november eighteen ninety that i performed a laboratory experiment which was one of the most extraordinary and spectacular ever recorded in the annals of science in investigating the behavior of high-frequency currents i had satisfied myself that an electric field of sufficient intensity could be produced in a room to light up electrode-less vacuum tubes accordingly a transformer was built to test the theory and the first trial proved a marvelous success it is difficult to appreciate what those strange phenomena meant at that time we crave for new sensations but soon become indifferent to them the wonders of yesterday are today common occurrences when my tubes were first publicly exhibited they were viewed with amazement impossible to describe from all parts of the world i received urgent invitations and numerous honors and other flattering inducements were offered to me which i declined in faraday's chair but in eighteen ninety two the demands become irresistible and i went to london where i delivered a lecture before the institution of electrical engineers it had been my intention to leave immediately for paris in compliance with a similar obligation but sir james dewar insisted on my appearing before the royal institution i was a man of firm resolve but succumbed easily to the forceful arguments of the great scotchman he pushed me into a chair and poured out half a glass of a wonderful brown fluid which sparkled in all sorts of iridescent colors and tasted like nectar now said he you are sitting in faraday's chair and you are enjoying whiskey he used to drink in both aspects it was an enviable experience the next evening i gave a demonstration before that institution at the termination of which lord rayleigh addressed the audience and his generous words gave me the first start in these endeavors i fled from london and later from paris to escape favors showered upon me and journeyed to my home where i passed through a most painful ordeal and illness upon regaining my health i began to formulate plans for the resumption of work in america 
up to that time i never realized that i possessed any particular gift of discovery but lord Rayleigh, whom i always considered as an ideal man of science had said so and if that was the case i felt that i should concentrate on some big idea nature's trigger one day as i was roaming in the mountains i sought shelter from an approaching storm the sky became overhung with heavy clouds but somehow the rain was delayed until all of a sudden there was a lightning flash and a few moments after a deluge this observation set me thinking it was manifest that the two phenomena were closely related as cause and effect and a little reflection led me to the conclusion that the electrical energy involved in the precipitation of the water was inconsiderable the function of lightning being much like that of a sensitive trigger here was a stupendous possibility of achievement if we could produce electric effects of the required quality this whole planet and the conditions of existence on it could be transformed the sun raises the water of the oceans and winds drive it to distant regions where it remains in a state of most delicate balance if it were in our power to upset it when and wherever desired this mighty life-sustaining stream could be at will controlled we could irrigate arid deserts create lakes and rivers and provide motive power in unlimited amounts this would be the most efficient way of harnessing the sun to the uses of man the consummation depended on our ability to develop electric forces of the order of those in nature it seemed a hopeless undertaking but i made up my mind to try it and immediately on my return to the united states in the summer of eighteen ninety two work was begun which was to me all the more attractive because a means of the same kind was necessary for the successful transmission of energy without wires four million volts the first gratifying result was obtained in the spring of the succeeding year when i reached tensions of about one million volts with my conical coil that was not much in the light of the present art but it was then considered a feat steady progress was made until the destruction of my laboratory by fire in eighteen ninety five as may be judged from an article by t c martin which appeared in the april number of the century magazine this calamity set me back in many ways and most of that year had to be devoted to planning and reconstruction however as soon as circumstances permitted i returned to the task although i knew that higher electromotive forces were attainable with apparatus of larger dimensions i had an instinctive perception that the object could be accomplished by the proper design of a comparatively small and compact transformer in carrying on tests with a secondary in the form of a flat spiral as illustrated in my patents the absence of streamers surprised me and it was not long before i discovered that this was due to the position of the turns and their mutual action profiting from this observation i resorted to the use of a high-tension conductor with turns of considerable diameter sufficiently separated to keep down the distributed capacity while at the same time preventing undue accumulation of the charge at any point the application of this principle enabled me to produce pressures of four million volts which was about the limit obtainable in my new laboratory at houston street as the discharges extended through a distance of sixteen feet 
A photograph of this transmitter was published in the Electrical Review of November 1898. In order to advance further along this line, I had to go into the open, and in the spring of 1899, having completed preparations for the erection of a wireless plant, I went to Colorado, where I remained for more than one year. Here I introduced other improvements and refinements, which made it possible to generate currents of any tension that may be desired. Those who are interested will find some information in regard to the experiments I conducted there in my article, The Problem of Increasing Human Energy, in the Century Magazine of June 1900, to which I have referred on a previous occasion. The Magnifying Transmitter I have been asked by the electrical experimenter to be quite explicit on this subject, so that my young friends among the readers of the magazine will clearly understand the construction and operation of my magnifying transmitter and the purposes for which it is intended. Well then, in the first place it is a resonant transformer, with a secondary in which the parts charged to a high potential are of considerable area and arranged in space along ideal enveloping surfaces of very large radii of curvature, and at proper distances from one another, thereby ensuring a small electric surface density everywhere, so that no leak can occur even if the conductor is bare. It is suitable for any frequency, from a few to many thousands of cycles per second, and can be used in the production of currents of tremendous volume and moderate pressure, or of smaller amperage and immense electromotive force. The maximum electric tension is merely dependent on the curvature of the surfaces on which the charged elements are situated, and the area of the latter. 100 million volts possible. Judging from my past experience, as much as 100 million volts are perfectly practicable. On the other hand, currents of many thousands of amperes may be obtained in the antenna. A plant of but very moderate dimensions is required for such performances. Theoretically, a terminal of less than 90 feet in diameter is sufficient to develop an electromotive force of that magnitude, while for antenna currents of from 2000 to 4000 amperes at the usual frequencies, it need not be larger than 30 feet in diameter. In a more restricted meaning, this wireless transmitter is one in which the Hertz wave radiation is an entirely negligible quantity, as compared with the whole energy, under which condition the damping factor is extremely small, and an enormous charge is stored in the elevated capacity. Such a circuit may then be excited with impulses of any kind, even of low frequency, and it will yield sinusoidal and continuous oscillations like those of an alternator. Taken in the narrowest significance of the term, however, it is a resonant transformer, which, besides possessing these qualities, is accurately proportioned to fit the globe and its electrical constants and properties, by virtue of which design it becomes highly efficient and effective in the wireless transmission of energy. Distance is then absolutely eliminated, there being no diminution in the intensity of the transmitted impulses. It is even possible to make the actions increase with the distance from the plant according to an exact mathematical law.
this invention was one of a number comprised in my world system of wireless transmission which i undertook to commercialize on my return to new york in nineteen hundred as to the immediate purposes of my enterprise they were clearly outlined in a technical statement of that period from which i quote the world system has resulted from a combination of several original discoveries made by the inventor in the course of long-continued research and experimentation. It makes possible not only the instantaneous and precise wireless transmission of any kind of signals, messages, or characters to all parts of the world, but also the interconnection of the existing telegraph, telephone, and other signal stations, without any change in their present equipment. By its means, for instance, a telephone subscriber here may call up and talk to any other subscriber on the globe. An inexpensive receiver, not bigger than a watch, will enable him to listen anywhere, on land or sea, to a speech delivered or music played in some other place, however distant. These examples are cited merely to give an idea of the possibilities of this great scientific advance, which annihilates distance and makes that perfect natural conductor, the earth, available for all the innumerable purposes which human ingenuity has found for a line wire. One far-reaching result of this is that any device capable of being operated through one or more wires, at a distance obviously restricted, can likewise be actuated without artificial conductors, and with the same facility and accuracy at distances to which there are no limits other than those imposed by the physical dimensions of the globe. Thus, not only will entirely new fields for commercial exploitation be opened up by this ideal method of transmission, but the old ones vastly extended. The world system is based on the application of the following important inventions and discoveries. 1. The Tesla Transformer. This apparatus is in the production of electrical vibrations as revolutionary as gunpowder was in warfare. Currents many times stronger than ever generated in the usual ways, and sparks over 100 feet long, have been produced by the inventor with an instrument of this kind. 2. The Magnifying Transmitter. This is Tesla's best invention a peculiar transformer specially adapted to excite the earth, which is in the transmission of electrical energy what the telescope is in astronomical observation. By the use of this marvelous device, he has already set up electrical movements of greater intensity than those of lightning, and passed a current sufficient to light more than 200 incandescent lamps around the globe. 3. The Tesla Wireless System this system comprises a number of improvements and is the only means known for transmitting economically electrical energy to a distance without wires careful tests and measurements in connection with an experimental station of great activity erected by the inventor in colorado have demonstrated that power in any desired amount can be conveyed clear across the globe if necessary with a loss not exceeding a few percent 4. The Art of Individualization This invention of Tesla is to primitive tuning what refined language is to unarticulated expression. It makes possible the transmission of signals or messages absolutely secret and exclusive, 
both in the active and passive aspect that is non-interfering as well as non-interferable each signal is like an individual of unmistakable identity and there is virtually no limit to the number of stations or instruments which can be simultaneously operated without the slightest mutual disturbance five the terrestrial stationary waves this wonderful discovery popularly explained means that the earth is responsive to electrical vibrations of definite pitch just as a tuning fork to certain waves of sound these particular electrical vibrations capable of powerfully exciting the globe lend themselves to innumerable uses of great importance commercially and in many other respects the first world system power plant can be put in operation in nine months with this power plant it will be practicable to attain electrical activities up to 10 million horsepower and it is designed to serve for as many technical achievements as are possible without due expense among these the following may be mentioned one the interconnection of the existing telegraph exchanges or offices all over the world two the establishment of a secret and non-interferable government telegraph service 3. The interconnection of all the present telephone exchanges or offices on the globe. 4. The universal distribution of general news by telegraph or telephone in connection with the press. 5. The establishment of such a world system of intelligence transmission for exclusive private use. 6. The interconnection and operation of all stock tickers of the world. 7 the establishment of a world system of musical distribution etc eight the universal registration of time by cheap clocks indicating the hour with astronomical precision and requiring no attention whatever nine the world transmission of typed or handwritten characters letters checks etc ten the establishment of a universal marine service enabling the navigators of all ships to steer perfectly without compass to determine the exact location hour and speed to prevent collisions and disasters etc 11 the inauguration of a system of world printing on land and sea 12 the world reproduction of photographic pictures and all kinds of drawings or records I also proposed to make demonstrations in the wireless transmission of power on a small scale, but sufficient to carry conviction. Besides these, I referred to other and incomparably more important applications of my discoveries, which will be disclosed at some future date. A plant was built on Long Island with a tower 187 feet high, having a spherical terminal about 68 feet in diameter these dimensions were adequate for the transmission of virtually any amount of energy originally only from two hundred to three hundred kilowatts were provided but i intended to employ later several thousand horsepower the transmitter was to emit a wave complex of special characteristics and i had devised a unique method of telephonic control of any amount of energy the tower was destroyed two years ago but my projects are being developed and another one, improved in some features, will be constructed. 
on this occasion i would contradict the widely circulated report that the structure was demolished by the government which owing to war conditions might have created prejudice in the minds of those who may not know that the papers which thirty years ago conferred upon me the honor of american citizenship are always kept in a safe while my orders diplomas degrees gold medals and other distinctions are packed away in old trunks if this report had a foundation i would have been refunded a large sum of money which i expended in the construction of the tower on the contrary it was in the interest of the government to preserve it particularly as it would have made possible to mention just one valuable result the location of a submarine in any part of the world my plant services and all my improvements have always been at the disposal of the officials and ever since the outbreak of the european conflict i have been working at a sacrifice on several inventions of mine relating to aerial navigation ship propulsion and wireless transmission which are of the greatest importance to the country those who are well informed know that my ideas have revolutionized the industries of the united states and i am not aware that there lives an inventor who has been in this respect as fortunate as myself especially as regards the use of his improvements in the war i have refrained from publicly expressing myself on this subject before as it seemed improper to dwell on personal matters while all the world was in dire trouble i would add further in view of various rumors which have reached me that mr j pierpont morgan did not interest himself with me in a business way but in the same large spirit in which he has assisted many other pioneers he carried out his generous promise to the letter and it would have been most unreasonable to expect from him anything more he had the highest regard for my attainments and gave me every evidence of his complete faith in my ability to ultimately achieve what i had set out to do i am unwilling to accord to some small-minded and jealous individuals the satisfaction of having thwarted my efforts these men are to me nothing more than microbes of a nasty disease the project was retarded by laws of nature the world was not prepared for it it was too far ahead of time but the same laws will prevail in the end and make it a triumphal success end of section five